Hey, thanks for checking out our podcast. My name's Andy. I'm the youth pastor here at Sable Christian Fellowship. Each week, we're going to record and share what we talked on at our SCF student night on Wednesday nights. We'll also have our note provided on the Bible app. You can find that on Version. Thank you so much, Version, for that. And so you can follow along, make your own notes, share, and go back and study whenever you need to. So we're in a series called Awkward Conversations. And while that prayer was awkward, I'm sure the conversation afterwards, if you haven't seen the movie, was awkward as well. We started a series last week on prayer, talking about how prayer can be awkward. Uh, can be awkward, probably one of the biggest reasons, because we struggle with what to say. Uh, we just saw in that clip how uh, Greg, and I'm not going to say his last name because I'll screw it up, uh, <laughs> struggled with the prayer, struggled with grace because he didn't really know what to say. He was trying to impress this, his girlfriend's family. And sometimes we do that. Sometimes uh, I find myself in those positions sometimes where I'm, you know, as a, as a pastor, they well, you're the pastor, you can pray, and you, you just don't know what to say, or you want to make it sound good and smart and, and stuff, and you just kind of say some stuff. Uh, he ended up actually praying a song that was written back in the, long before my time. Um, we feel like we have to pray a certain way to impress God or maybe to impress others, uh, and that can make it awkward sometimes. But prayer is not about impressing people and God. Prayer is about connecting uh, with God. The kind of prayer we're talking about tonight is not one that will impress people. It's a prayer uh, that you're not going to want to probably say out loud. Um, last week we talked about prayers that pray up, prayers of praise and thanksgiving, praise of thankfulness. Uh, and I'm going to pause right there and say last week I also introduced uh, the app on your smartphone, the Uversion app. And so you can follow along with your scriptures and, or scriptures and make your own notes and everything else if you want to do that. This is a time in, in the night that I will allow cell phones, but only for this reason. No texting or Snapchat or stuff like that. Um, but if you want to pull out your phone and open up the Uversion app and follow along, you can do that. Uh, the reason why I'm doing that is just not for tonight, but throughout the week. You can follow along. This sermon is up all week long, so you can read, you can make notes, you can learn, you can study. If this is the only time that you're studying uh, the Bible and hearing about the Bible, then that, that's a whole other conversation. But my job is to help you learn to start to learn and grow on your own. And so the notes that are on version and, and the scriptures and all, the, all that stuff is available to you from now until next Tuesday night. And so you can follow along and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, last week we talked about prayers of praying up. This week we're changing direction and we're going to uh, have a downward focus. We're going to talk about prayers uh, that are downward. Um, and they're not selfish prayers, but they're focusing on ourselves and confessing uh, what we need to confess. There's a show on the Food Network. I've mentioned tons of times about how I love the Food Network, uh, just because I, I love food, if, if you haven't noticed. Uh, there's a show on the Food Network called Cutthroat Kitchen. It's your typical co cooking competition. You have four chefs, and they have to make something, and the, the one that tastes the best or does it in the amount of time or whatever wins the competition. However, in Cutthroat Kitchen, in the middle of the cooking, they have auctions. And the chefs can purchase things that uh, may cause other chefs to be derailed. Uh, they may have to, when they're making, say, a grilled cheese sandwich, they may have to uh, literally milk a cow to get milk to make cheese sort of idea. Uh, and so there's, there's things that derail the competitions. Uh, I found this video online. Let's take a, let's take a look at this video uh, for a few minutes. I, I love the words he used, diabolical and evil, uh, evilicious, kind of ties in right to what we're talking about. As, as, a, as the same way as the chefs had their 
uh, sabotages and people trying to trip them up uh, that would um, cause them to have limited skill and ability. Our ability to follow Jesus and to be used by him to change our world is going to be greatly hindered by sin. The writer of Hebrews, uh, if someone has their Bible, then if they want to pull it open, that'd be awesome. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The writer of Hebrews tells us to put aside every sin that traps us. To put aside every sin that is keeping us from running the race. Anybody have Hebrews chapter 1? Or chapter 12, sorry? Jordan, go ahead. So the question that I want to raise tonight is, what is sin? Uh, and this is, this is part of the night where I'm looking for feedback and conversation and everything else. But what is sin? What do you guys, when you hear sin, what do you think of? Great conversation. Anybody want to take a stab at that? Just, there's no wrong answer. Stabbing? Yeah, that's a sin. <laughs> Anybody want to take, just... Let's, let's have a conversation. What is sin? Anything that separates us from God. Can you give us an example? Breaking any of the Ten Commandments. Anything else? Do we, do, raise your hand if you know what sin is. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. I want to make sure we're all listening and we haven't fallen asleep. Okay. So we all have good understanding of what sin is. So we don't need to... I just want to make sure we're, 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 we're smart. Sin is anything that displeases God. Sin is anything that goes against God. And sin is serious. Sin uh, and the result of sin, the consequence, the penalty uh, is eternal death or hell. If you accepted the redemption of, and forgiveness and the price paid by Jesus on the cross, then you're free from eternal penalty. But as Christians, as those of us that are saying that we want to follow Jesus and we want to, you know, spread the good news and we want to be the light in the dark world and all that kind of stuff, what does that mean for us? Because we still sin, don't we? Once you accept Jesus into your heart, are you now perfect and you don't do anything else wrong? <laughs> don't be nodding your heads. We still sin. Dare I pick on some leaders and ask, ask them how they sin? Or should, I, I'm not going to pick on myself either. But we still sin because we're not perfect. We still have anger issues. We st we're, we're still selfish. We still put, other, put, still put ourselves in front of other people. We still uh, sometimes are filled with hate and we just want to kick somebody in the bum or something. I don't know. We, st we, still, we still have these moments where our eyes and our heart are not entirely focused on Jesus, but rather focused on ourselves. and the world. We still worry. We still don't trust Jesus 100%, do we? Not all the time. And so that is really sinning as well. So how does sin affect us? Does somebody have Ephesians other than Jordan Smith? Uh, someone have Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 at all? Any of the students with the Bible have Ephesians chapter 4? Ladies and gentlemen, please start bringing your Bibles to church on Wednesday nights for the, just a half hour of reading. That would be fantastic. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says this. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. So how does our sin affect God? Anybody want to answer that? I just read it. 
Nice and loud. I can't hear you. He's sad. Our sin brings sorrow to God. Our sin affects God. Our sin that we have in our lives, whether it's lust or jealousy or uh, gossip or anger or whatever, our sin affects our relationship and our connection with God. Let's think of it this way. How many of you uh, accidentally or on purpose annoy your parents? Let's go with on purpose just because that's fun. Of course we do. Sometimes we do things. My mom uh, isn't, she's not OCD and she's not like that particular, but she's particular enough that uh, I would purposely move things just an inch or so around just to upset her. And Nadia's the same way a little bit too because I'll, she she likes things, she likes a picture frame straight and sometimes I'll just walk by and nudge it so it's a little crooked and that's, so that, it's, it's, yeah, I annoy people sometimes. Have you ever made your parents upset or mad? Or angry. Maybe not on purpose, but have you ever made your parents, raise your hands, be honest, let's be honest, absolutely we all have. We've made our parents, Jake never has, no. We've made our parents upset or angry at us by what we do or what we say, how we act. This morning we, we had an episode where uh, someone's choices, someone's choices who lives in my house uh, made them late for school because of anger and, and hostility and just not knowing how to do anything. Um, have you ever made your parents cry that you know of? Have you ever acted or, or said something in such a way that you've made your parents, thank you for your honesty, I wasn't expecting you to be <laughs> to raise your hands, but that's, Tanner, can I pick on you for a second? Since, since you raised your hand. So you, you, how did that make you feel when you found out that you made your parents, whoever they are, uh, cry? <laughs> Was it, was, were you, was it something you were proud of or were you upset about it? Please say you're upset about it. There you go. <laughs> I've done that way too many times as a, as a child and as an adolescent with my parents. There were, there were multiple times that uh, my mom would, would visibly, visibly cry in front of me because I upset her so much. There were multiple times that my dad would haul me out into the back behind the shed and, and uh, uh, discipline me. Um, because I made my mother cry. Annoying our parents and anybody else can be fun. Maybe making them upset shouldn't be fun, but maybe sometimes it is, or you know, maybe that's where we start to understand, okay, we're crossing a line somewhere. But when you make your parents cry, at least for me, that's a signal. That's like, oh, okay, I better smarten up. I better pay attention. I better, I'm not behaving the way I should. Sin damages our relationship with God. Bottom line, I think I've made that hopefully clear so far. And it, it damages our relationship with God and it hurts our relationship with God. If you were to do something to uh, your best friend or a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship or, or someone that you really care about, would you, not, would you try and do everything you could to make it right as quickly as possible? Or would you just leave it and just, that's the end of, the, that's the end of friendship and we're done? Hopefully, if, with best friends and BFFs and whatever else, if you were to just say Jake and I are buddy-buddy and, and we're, we go back a long time or we're BFFs and whatever else term you want to use. And actually, I'll use a real-life story. I have a friend of mine who's a pastor. And, uh, I mean, we, just, we don't have the history. We, I, have a, I have a best friend who's a pastor and I confided in him and was asking advice and that whole thing. And he broke the trust. 
he went behind my back and he talked to other people and he made the, the conversation that he and I were having a lot bigger than it needed to be. I went to him, trusting him, asking him, I need some advice, I, need, I, have, I have this concern, yada, yada, yada. And he just, he started blabbing his mouth. That hurt our friendship. Now, if I were to let it go and just say, I'm not going to talk to him and everything else, I'm going to build up inside of me bitterness and unforgiveness and almost close to hatred. But instead, what I did, what did I do? I, I called him right away. I'm like, dude, you hurt me. Like that, that stung a lot. And that's going to take a little bit of time for our friendship to get back to where it was. I went right away to him and dealt with it. How much more when we sin against God and hurt him, and as we just read, we make him sad, how much more should we go back to God and be like, sorry? Ezekiel 33, Matt Boy, can you look up Ezekiel 33 for me? I will, that's, we'll blame it on the phone, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, someone else ahead of me, look up John 15, please. Let's start to read our Bibles tonight. That'd be fantastic. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 33 says this, Son of man, give the people of Israel the message you are saying, our sins are heavy upon us. We are wasting away. How can we survive? Our sin affects God. Our sin affects us as well. Our sin weighs us down. It makes us difficult to live. We, get, we feel the, the, the weight and the pain of guilt and shame and and, and sorrow, um, or at least I do. I don't know if everyone else, I mean, we're all perfect, I guess, so it's just me. But when I sin and I know I'm wrong and I know I shouldn't be doing whatever I'm doing, there's this weight of guilt and shame that we carry around, and it can be quite heavy. And it, it starts to lead us into a cycle of sinning more because, well, what's the use of trying any harder? Sin affects you. It weighs you down. Sin affects uh, your relationship with God, and sin affects uh, other people around you. John 15. Somebody have that? John 15, verse 15. Go ahead. We need to go to a place where God, Jesus, we have that friend relationship with him. If sin is affecting your relationship and your connection with God, it will spill over into your relationships. If you, if, if you don't have that friend relationship with, with God, as, as we read from Jesus' words, if we don't have that connection with him, you're not going to have that strong connection with those family and friends around you, with those at school, with those at work. Unconfessed sin will affect your ability to be the person God is calling you to be. It will limit you from being the friend or the son or the daughter or the student or the sports player or the leader in your community, in your world, that you want to be, that God is calling you to be. It's something that we need to get out of our lives. Now, speaking of getting out of our lives, this next story slash illustration is a bit gross I apologize for it. I'm gonna, I'm, I've tried to tame it down a little bit so nobody get, walks out of here throwing up. Um, but this is a real-life story that I, as I was writing this and studying this, this came to mind, and I would never share this on Sunday because it's quite gross. But um, a few years ago, Isaac knows the story. A few years ago, I had a cyst. Um, 
anybody not know what a cyst is? Uh, 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 <laughs> does the medical personnel in the room want to explain what a cyst is? It was, uh, it was like a giant pimple, more or less, but not with like white pussy stuff, like just liquid, pussy, blood, uh, grossy stuff. Um, and on top of that, the location of where my cyst was was in a very unfortunate place in my body that made sitting very difficult to do. So, it had nothing to do with cleanliness or, or stuff that involved wiping or toilet paper. It was, it was just, it made sitting very difficult. I had to sit on one cheek instead of the other. Um, with all of this going on, I, I flew to Edmonton. I had a, um, it was a while ago, a long time ago, I had a job offer. They flew me out, and so I flew to Edmonton. And so I flew two flights from Windsor to Edmonton. Uh, the first flight, I was breaking out in chills and, and sweats and stuff because I was sick. Uh, the second flight, I was breaking out in a fever again because the infection had just invaded my entire body and it was not a, a pretty thing. I landed in Edmonton. I visited with a few people for maybe a couple hours and immediately after that, I was, I was in the hospital. I, they dropped me off the hotel. I was not resting. I, I was physically throwing up and it was not it was not a good and I'm here for a job interview like I needed to so I call up an uber and I go to ER in Edmonton um, they rush me into ER they do emergency surgery uh, to deal with the cyst in the unfortunate place on my body when I came to the doctor told me that he had never seen a cyst that was that full of stuff uh, liquid pus whatever the technical terms are he had never, I'm not, believe me, I'm not bragging. He had never seen, actually, I kind of am bragging. He had never seen a cyst explode that much and cover the floor in that amount of liquid. I'm serious. I woke up. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I woke up, and the bed and the, it was, it was a mess. I was embarrassed, but I was quite proud as well, too. It kind of half and half is weird. Um, it was gross, but it was very much needed. The cyst and everything inside of it, oh, he never, if you know anything about cysts, he'd never seen one that deep before either, uh, which was just gross. The cyst and everything that was inside of, of, I shouldn't point to it, everything inside of it had to come out of my body. My body was in jeopardy. My health, my well-being was on the verge of not being very pretty. If I, let it in, if I let it stay in any longer, I was going to be in some very serious trouble. And so the only thing that could be done was for them to do emergency surgery, cut, and let it just get out. Sin in our lives, we don't see it, we don't feel it sometimes. It's not as disgusting as that, maybe visibly, to our spirit and our heart and our emotions it is. But sin is that same thing in the same way. If sin stays in your life, if it affects your whole being, sorry, it will affect, infect your whole being, it will invade your life. And the only thing that we, need to, we can do is to get it out. And there's only one way of doing that. 1 John chapter 1, if somebody beats me to it, they can read it. The only prize is that you get to read the Bible. 1 John chapter 1, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. 
I had to have a very vulnerable and honest conversation with a doctor, with a female standing in the room, in my rear end, out in open air, confessing what was going on to my body. And I was in Edmonton. Thankfully, I was in Edmonton. I didn't know anybody. We need to have an open and honest conversation in the safety and security of this room with God about the sin that is infecting and poisoning and invading our lives. Yes, you believe in Jesus, and yes, you have faith, and yes, you're a Christian, but we still have sin that infects us and invades us and makes its way into our hearts and our minds that will hurt us and hurt God and hurt other people. What does it mean to confess? To confess means to come clean. Confess means to agree with God that he is right. And confessing is humbling. Gentlemen in the room, do we want to confess that we have issues with lust and pornography and everything else? No. Ladies in the room, do you want to confess the same thing? Probably not. Because it's embarrassing. Do we want to confess that we have jealousy and anger issues that we covet people, material things? Do we simply want to be honest and admit and confess in a public arena that we are sinners? No. It's a humbling thing that we have to do. It sucks, but it's necessary. When we confess, Jesus forgives us, takes away the shame, takes away the guilt that weighs us down. Jake, I'm going to ask you to come up at this time, and Isaac too. Last week we talked, or we started this series talking on talking to Jesus, talking on the importance of praising and being thankful. This week is just as important. This week we're, we're moving from how prayer is about praising to how prayer is about confessing. To pray we are going to have moments in our, in our life, in our Christian life, that we're going to pray uh, prayers of thankfulness and prayers of confessing. Laying it all out there for him to see and asking him to help you deal with it all. Proverbs chapter 28 says this, verse 13. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Real confession is just not saying, oh, sorry, God, for uh, being physically violent with somebody. Please forgive me. Or, oh, sorry, God, I'm confessing my sin of gluttony, whether that's food or media or video games or money. Confession is more than that. Confession is um, leaving it in the past. If you return and do it again, were you really sorry? If a thief gets caught stealing and they confess, oh, I'm sorry for stealing, please forgive me, but then they go and do it again, are they really sorry or are they just sorry that they got caught? Questions we need to really consider and think about. When we confess our sins, do you really want it out of your life or were you just sorry that you got caught and you're going to try and be more sneaky? I had a conversation with a, um, a student earlier this week and they, they got disciplined by the parents. And I, I'm kind of, <laughs> hopefully everyone can understand, I'm kind of caught in the middle. I want to help the student, you know, not do what he did, but I also 
you know, I also need to side with the parents and, and, you know, hey, student, your parents made rules, obey them and stop doing what you're doing. But I also want to be buddy-buddy and kind of caught in the middle. He looked at me and he said, <laughs> he said, oh, I know what to do. Oh, what's that? I'll just be more sneaky next time. I know how to get away with it now because they caught me doing it this way. Well, no, that's not, that's not the point of confession. That's not the point of apologies. That's not the point of asking for forgiveness. We need to confess our sins. We need to admit our sins. It takes a humbling attitude. It sucks, but it's necessary. Why? Because the sickness in your bum, I mean the sickness in your life will invade and affect you. We need to admit and confess, but we need to take the next step and we need to turn away from it. We cannot return back to our old habits. We cannot return back to our old sins. So tonight, what I want to do is this. I want you to pray and ask Jesus to show you where your sin is. Show you what your sin is. None of us are perfect. Let's just be honest about that. And that's a dangerous prayer to make. When I was growing up, I, I hated writing papers in school. I love writing now, but I hated in school having to write papers because my parents would want to uh, help me out. My mom was a retired teacher, and that just sucked growing up. But my mom and dad would read, read what I wrote, and they'd mark it all up with red ink. I'm sure some of you can probably understand where I'm coming from. And none of the, it wasn't like mom was easy and dad was hard or vice versa. They were both equally hard on me. And I hated getting the paper back because I had to rewrite it all. I put so much time into something and they would mark it all up and grammar and punctuation and spelling and whatever else. I hated it. I felt dumb. But the end result of that humbling and very terrible experience growing up was that I got a good mark. Sin is bigger than a cyst in an unfortunate part of your body. Sin is bigger than a paper that you hand into your parents and they give it back to you covered in red ink. I, my, my hope and my request to you is that you don't close yourself off from God because you're going to not like what he's telling you. Open up your heart and your mind. When he reveals a sin to you, and he will, I'm trusting that even as I'm talking and as you're listening, that something is popping into your head. Like, oh yeah, there's... Ugh. When he reveals a sin, confess it and leave it behind. And if you need help with leaving it behind, also known as accountability, you have small group leaders at your table that would love to hold you accountable. You have myself who would love to hold you accountable for the sins that are in our lives. We're wanting to be with you in this time and help you because the reality is, is that we can't do it alone. I have a circle around me, a group of friends that I daily and weekly reach out to and they reach out to me saying, man, I'm having an issue with this or I'm feeling this way or I'm feeling that way and I need prayer and I need help. When you confess, it won't be easy. But know that we aren't judging because 
honestly, between your small group leaders and myself, we've all been there. We've all experienced what you're experiencing. So who are we to judge? We're here to help. If you're looking at something you shouldn't, confess it, turn it off, and leave it in the past. If you're lying about something to anybody, stop mid-lie and say the words, sorry, that was a lie. Here's the truth. I'll tell you something. If you go to your parents and you're in the middle of a lie and then you just stop and say, sorry, that was a lie. Here's what's really going on. I'm willing to bet any consequence that may or may not happen will be slightly less. And the respect for you as their child will be a whole lot more. Practice to confess the moment you feel convicted. It will be weird. Parent goes to you, where were you? Oh, I was, uh, and then a lie comes out. Nope, sorry, that was a lie. I was actually blah, blah, blah. That's a weird conversation. But it will be far more worth it telling the truth than lying. Every day, spend the end of your day in a simple prayer. You don't need to kneel. If, they, if that's how you pray, great. You can lay down. You can sit up. You can pray while you're doing your last-minute bathroom stuff before you go to bed. At the end of the day, however that looks for you, spend those last few moments simply talking to Jesus. God, today, this is what happened, and this is how I felt, and I'm sorry. As you think over your day, is there an attitude or a thought or a word that you realize in that moment was a sinful thought or word or action? Confess it to God, figure out how to make it right, and make a plan to change. As Jake leads us in a song, I'm going to ask you to respond in a certain way tonight. Let's do this. Small group leaders, work among your table. If your small group wants to respond in this way, great. If not, then go off into small groups. But what's going to happen is this room is going to be reflective and focusing and, and prayerful. And so we have four tables of uh, cookie trays with sand on it. And here's how I'm asking you to consider to respond. Go to the tray, one-on-one, -on -one, not as a group, but go alone, you and God. If you want to bring a leader with you and, and invite them to pray with you as you go through something, great, do that as well. But go to the cookie trays and just simply write out your sin, whatever that is. Lying, lust, stealing, anger, gluttony, selfishness. Write out your sin, confess it to God, pray, and then symbolically, just wipe it out. Start fresh. You can, you can shake the tray and make it disappear. You can wipe it out so it's no longer written in the sand. But I want us to take a serious moment, connect with Jesus, connect with God, confess our sins that we need to confess tonight. Small group leaders, I, I know this may be a little bit curveball. Work it out with your table. If, if you, you guys know your groups better than I do, if you think this would be helpful, great, go for it. Offer to pray with your students as they go up or pray together when they come back or whatever. Small group leaders, if you, if you know beyond a shadow of doubt that this is just not going to connect with your students, then go to your small group room and, and connect in whatever way you think is best. But I really, students, I really want you to consider 
connecting and responding in the way that we have. Jake's going to play. He's going to sing. We only have four, so take your turns and everything else. But let's really spend a few moments tonight praying, confessing, and leaving it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this message. I hope that you've learned something, that you've gained something from this talk that we had. If you have any questions, if you need prayer, if you just want to chat, you can email us at students at salvochurch.ca or you can reach out to us on our social media pages, which can be found under our show notes. Stay tuned for more messages and podcasts coming from us here at Sobel Church, SCF students. And until next time, have a great day.